Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Now again, I do tell you that there's no perfect church. But when it comes to these financial matters, we do everything we can to cross the T's and dot the I's. Now, that being said, everybody all right? Say, I'm all right. right. Let's get to the story. This is a good story. It is impossible, at least for me, to teach money matters and not talk about this story. This is a really good story, y'all. The Widow's Two Mites, Mark chapter 12, y'all. This is a powerful, poignant story. And I believe sums up the expectations of Jesus concerning the heart and the attitude of true giving. All right. So I'm going to give you a three point outline. Got your pen. Got your phone. Take a snap. I'm going to give you a three point outline. We'll work from not so long today. Three point outline. We're going to talk about true giving. Number one, true giving is unpretentious, observed. By God's son. Number two, we'll talk about true giving is sacrificial, prized in God's economy. And then finally, we'll talk about nice and easy today. We'll talk about true giving is reckless. Trust in God's provision. True giving is unpretentious, observed by God's son. True giving is sacrificial, prized In God's economy. And then finally, true giving is reckless trust in God's provision. That being said, saints, Mark chapter 12, and we are picking up in verse 41. We'll read through verse 44. Come back and have some comments. Mark chapter 12, we're looking at verse 41. In verse 41, if you're looking at verse 41, say amen. Amen. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury. And he saw, you see that word saw, how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then in verse 42, one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrant. And so he called to his disciples to himself and he said to them, Assuredly, in verse 43, I say to you that this poor woman has put in more than all those who had given to the treasury, for they all put in out of their what, saints? Abundance. Come on, read this with me. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Saints, stop right there. Point number one in our outline, true giving is unpretentious observed by God's son. 
So here in Mark chapter 12, we are in the final week of the life of Jesus. And I know that you know this. Jesus was no politically, culturally sensitive preacher. Now, I want you to go back up to verse 38. Jesus said, beware of the scribes and the Pharisees and the scribes who love their robes. They love their greetings. Just look, just peruse with me. They love their greetings in the marketplace. They love to come into the marketplace and people say, hi, Bishop. Hi, right, Reverend. You look wonderful. They love to be invited to the pulpit stage when they come into the church. They love the best seats in the synagogue. And then look at verse 40 in Mark 12, who devour widows' houses. And for pretense, they make long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. Again, look at it again, who devour widows' houses. What does that mean? The scribes, watch this, saints were often estate planners. Scribes would write out legal documents and mismanage estates, wills. They would trick widows to take a loan out on their house and convince them to give the money to the temple. Or they would convince widows to sign over their property to the temple. And they told the widows that if they wanted to be blessed, they needed to give the house to the temple. And then she would sign over the house. And then they would even charge them exorbitant legal fees. And the more money they got from the widows, the more money was in their pockets. So in verse 41, Jesus now is on the temple mount with his disciples. And he's sitting in the court of the women where men and women were allowed And look at verse 41. And Jesus sat down on the bench where he could see people watching, where he could see people, and he's watching them bring their offerings. And they're putting them in one of 13 trumpet-shaped collection boxes. They're trumpet-shaped. And there were different boxes for different offerings. So some people went to the box and They announced their offering, and even some people, get this, when they were giving their offering, they would play music. This was quite a show, you know. And many rich people were coming and making their offering, and I'm sure people were impressed. And some people put money in the box, but not this woman. She comes with her lepta, lepta, L-E-P-T-A. What's that, Pastor? A lepta is the smallest coin in circulation in Jesus' day. A lepta is almost nothing. So everyone gets their gifts, and everybody is noticing everyone's putting in their money, their leptas, their money. And if it weren't for Jesus, this woman's visit to the temple would have gone unnoticed. And we wouldn't even know the story, would we? Because her offering was so small. I mean, no music when she put her money in. No announcements when she made her offering. Nobody saw her offering. But Jesus saw her offering, didn't he? They didn't know her motive for giving. But Jesus knew her motive. Are you listening to me? It made me think of 1 Samuel chapter 16, which says that man looks at the outward, but God looks at the what, saints? 
heart. Jesus sat there and watched the giving in the temple or in the church. Saints, I believe that God sees our giving today. And I totally believe that God knows where we're placing our treasures today. Jesus knew this woman's heart. And Jesus knows our heart. Do you believe that? Jesus knew this woman. He knew she gave all she had. And that's all he expected. Let me set you free this morning. I'm going to set you free this morning. God does not expect you to give what you do not have. I think the first time I ever heard that was like, you see, I came from a church background, and some of y'all can relate. Some of you can't. I came from a church background where the opposite was taught. It was taught that God expects you to give what you do not have. I came from a background where they told people, give from your credit card. Which is the craziest thing anybody could ever even comprehend. When you give money from your credit card, you're not giving. Visa is giving. How does that even make sense? Thank you, one sister. How does that even make sense? Or give from your welfare check. Or give from your EBT card. I don't even think they had EBT back then. But give from your welfare check. Or give from your food stamps. Or go borrow some money to give. I've heard that. That if you don't have money to give, borrow some money to give. Because God's going to give you back that money to pay that person back plus some. Now, I opened up my sermon last week talking about my trepidation and my PTSD about talking about money in the church because I was so in shock from what I had seen in the church. These are the kind of things that I had seen early in my Christianity about money. I didn't know what to think. And it was alarming. And it was shocking. These are the kind of things I heard. And then I come to learn the scriptures when I walk into a Calvary Chapel and they're teaching the word of God. And finally, somebody is teaching what the Bible says about money. And then my pastor told me one time, he said, if a man is after your wallet, he cannot be after your heart. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? I could have had a V8. You ever have one of those moments? I could have had a V8. Makes total sense to me. Think about how simple that is, y'all. If a man is after your wallet, he cannot be after. If he's after, he cannot be after your heart. And if he's after your heart, he won't be after your wallet. Same thing. God is not expecting you to give what you do not have. God is not telling you to give $1,000 if you don't have $1,000. God is not asking you to give if you don't have $10. God is expecting you to give what you do have. And he understands, see, God knows what you do have. Just like this woman, he saw this woman, she only had two leptas. 
That's all she had. She put that money in, and he didn't go up to her and say, excuse me, ma'am, ma'am, uh, if you want to get some music, we're going to need you to put in a little bit more money because everybody that went before you, they gave a whole lot more than you did. Well, sir, I, I just don't have it. Well, look, let, look. You got some friends, they got a little, they got a little bit of cointage. We're going to need you to go borrow from them and come back. Jesus didn't say any of that. I'm going to get ahead of myself. I ain't trying to steal my thunder. Tell you what he did say. God expects us to give what we do have. Everybody, saints, can't give the same amount. Somebody say amen. But everybody can give something. I'll wait while you clap your hands there. Everybody can give something, and you at home as well. I'm talking to you, even if you don't attend this church. Whatever church you go to, you might not be able to give the same amount as somebody else, but you can give something. God knows if it's enough. You see, true Christian giving is measured by what it costs you to give it. True Christian giving is measured by obedience and proportion, not amount. Point number two in our outline, true giving is sacrificial prized in God's economy. Now, I want you to look at verse 43 in chapter 12. You still with me? Say amen. So he called to his disciples and said to himself and said to himself and said to them, Surely I say to you that this poor woman has put in more. Y'all see that? Huh? What? Only five people see it. Y'all see that? Has put in what? More than all those who have given to the treasury. Now watch. People are coming by and giving large amounts of money. But in Jesus' economy, this woman's lepta, small gift, is more than their large gift. Jesus says, this widow woman has given by far. The, that's what it reads, by far, the largest offering today. Why? Because the other's offerings that were made, those people won't miss that money. She extravagantly gave what she couldn't afford, and she gave it all. She gave her all. You know, sometimes, saints, watch this. Watch it. You're going to love it. Sometimes God doesn't judge what you give. He looks at what you have left after you give. She had nothing left at all. You see, the amount was not, was not as important as how much she had left afterward. Saints, God is pleased when someone like her gives unpretentiously, joyfully, and sacrificially. God doesn't care so much about the amount. Are you still listening to me? God cares about the motivation of the giver. This is what is prized and valued in God's economy. Money is of no value to God. Do you understand that? Or are you sleeping? Huh? Money is of no value to God. 
I love the verse in Proverbs, uh, uh, Psalms that says, God says, if I had a need, Psalm, uh, Psalm 50, God says, if I had a need, I wouldn't ask you. That is like the best verse in the Bible, in my humble opinion. Money is of no value to God. You know, Mother Teresa said, if you give what you do not need, it isn't true giving. I like that. Think about it. If you give what you do not need, it isn't true giving. You know, we're talking about God's kingdom economy, which includes the church. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. Say amen. And I'm talking about the church building, the church building. Now, the church, the people belong The church people, we are the church, belong to Jesus Christ as well, right? So the church people is supposed to take care financially of the church building. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down so far? Just like if you live in a house, everybody, every able body should work And contribute to the house. Which then brings me to Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Or if you're Italian, Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Can y'all read this with me or no? Bring it, read it with me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. Come on, read it. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will be no room enough to receive it. This is a wonderful verse. There is actually, let me have that verse just for a second people. I think some people like to debate just because they like to debate. It's like, it's like debating is a sport to some people. When God's word is often, I agree, there are certain verses that are really a little dicey and yeah, arguable and debatable. Okay, fine. But this is not one of them. You know, people... There's a lot of debate about what is the storehouse. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And I'm telling you, there is debate infinitum of what is the storehouse. So the storehouse in the Old Testament is a depository. It is a cellar or a treasury where... When people, uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't uh, bring money to the storehouse in the Old Testament. They, they, they bought grain. They would tithe grain and they would tithe eggs. Uh, they would tithe barley. They would tithe beer. They would tithe uh, the fruit of the ground, the harvest. They would tithe that and bring it to the storehouse. So in the Old Testament, the storehouse is like a cellar or a depository or a treasury. In the New Testament, the storehouse is the church. So people debate what is the storehouse. The Bible is clear. There's no debate here. 
The storehouse is the church. Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, etc. So the storehouse in Malachi was the place where the grain was kept. The storehouse in the New Testament is the church. The storehouse in the New, in the New Testament for us is the place we worship. If you're still with me, say amen. The place where we receive ministry. The place where your kids and your youth receive ministry and are taught. God says, bring your tithe, bring your gifts, bring your financial gifts to the church, that there may be food in my church, spiritual food in my church. And when you give, you're allowing the pastor, thank you for the verse, you're allowing the pastor to study the word of God, to prepare food. Do you understand? Are you listening to me? Do you understand when I'm preparing a sermon, I'm preparing a meal? At least in my opinion, I'm preparing a meal. And I actually look at it that way. Now, maybe I'm just a little bit more um, imaginative or animated in my mind. And uh, don't say amen there, quiet. And uh, some of y'all like, amen, animated, crazy, off the rocker, quiet. I'm preparing a meal. So when I'm preparing a sermon, I want to have a I want to have a steak because there's some Christians out there with nice spiritual sharp teeth that can handle a nice healthy steak because they're mature. They know how to feed themselves and eat the word of God. But then there's some not so not so strong. Not so much. They need like um, potatoes. You know, potatoes a little, little softer, but they can, you know, they eat. OK, cool. And then some need some, you know, they can eat a, maybe a baked potato, but then some need like mashed potatoes because they, they, they kind of gum in it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then some, they just baby Christians, I got to parade that stuff. You know what I mean? I got to break it down. You know what I mean? So sometimes I'm saying the same thing. Sometimes I say the same thing five different ways because I have, there's five different levels of understanding. That's how you teach the word, Right? So bringing your tithe here allows food to be prepared, spiritual food of the word of God, children's ministry, to buy curriculum for your kids. I told you last week to buy goldfish because goldfish are important to kids. I don't care what you say. If you have a children's ministry, are you listening to me at home? Youth people, churches, if you don't have children's, if you don't have goldfish in your church for children, that's a sin. (laughs) Repent right now and get to Costco and get the big box of goldfish. It's a sin. Calvary Chapel, say amen. Got to have those goldfish. We need youth ministry. (laughs) Amen. You need youth ministry. Outreaches. And things like that. Your tithe in the storehouse is helping to keep the lights on. And, 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 that, and that's what bringing your offerings to the storehouse does. Now listen to me closely here. According to the word of God, this is very important. According to the word of God, we are to give where we are being fed the word of God first. First. Where you feed. 
is where you give. It makes total sense. I mean, you don't go to McDonald's to eat and pay at Chick-fil-A. Do you? No. You don't go to Ruth Chris. Well, I don't go to Ruth Chris. And pay at Ray's. I want to go to Ray's. Will somebody take me to Ray's? You don't feed at your local church and give to other ministries, right? Now, it is okay to give to other ministries after you have taken care of home. That would be like you paying the bills at a home across town before you pay bills at your own home. And your wife would look at you and say, you have lost your ever-loving mind. You pay bills at home, what, saints, first. And then you could go pay bills anywhere else you want. Well, maybe not. But, okay, fine. That's a bad illustration. But you, you get what I'm trying to say, right? And you would be surprised. You'd be surprised, guys, how many people feed here. Pastors, y'all know what I'm talking about. How many people feed here and give there? You know, we talk about spirit-led giving. We need spirit-fed giving. God will never tell you to give where you're led in place of giving where you're fed. Are y'all picking that up? All right, number three and finally, true giving is reckless trust in God's provision. Look at verse 44 in your text. For they all put in out of their abundance, but Jesus said she, out of her, what? Poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Did you get that? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.